Today is Friday, September the 29th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. Day one of the impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden was held in the House with three committees taking part. Democrats attacked the Republicans for holding the meeting, bringing up the Donald Trump impeachment and saying there's no evidence that directly connects Joe Biden to the foreign business dealings and incoming money of his son, Hunter Biden. I wonder how many of my esteemed Republican colleagues here who all voted against impeaching Donald Trump, if they were in the House at that point, can reconcile their votes against impeaching Trump for the grave crime of inciting a violent insurrection against the government with their calls supporting impeachment of Joe Biden for allegedly committing a high crime misdemeanor that has not even been defined yet, much less proven. The Republicans referred to bank records and text messages as the evidence that shows Joe Hunter and others within the Biden family knew what was going on with the money. And bank records is what we're working with. The House Oversight Committee, Judiciary Committee, Ways and Means Committee are investigating highly suspicious money transactions from, from foreign powers through shell companies to Biden family members. There's nothing more credible in an investigative effort, good sir, than bank records. This is the WhatsApp text message between Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. In this text message, it clearly says, anyway, we can talk later, but you've been drawn into something purely for the purpose of protecting dad. This is between Hunter Biden and Jim Biden. Last time I checked, the father of Jim Biden and Joe Biden is now passed away. So I'm assuming this is Hunter Biden saying to Jim Biden, the president's brother, that you've been brought in this for the sole purpose of protecting dad. Miss O'Connor. Do you think that this text message would lead this committee to get further information about the business dealings of Hunter Biden and how that actually links to Jim Biden, the president's brother, and why they are so concerned with protecting dad, a.k.a. Joe Biden, a.k.a. the president of the United States? Yes. One of the witnesses called into this hearing, constitutional lawyer Jonathan Turley, took a moment to address the Democrats for their attacks on his other legal cases from the past during this hearing. You know, this has become a pattern of witnesses, whistleblowers, FBI agents, journalists being attacked in Congress. It won't make any difference. It won't change the constitutional standard. It won't negate any evidence that you have. But at some point, you've got to say enough. You know, that we have to have something, the public has something in Congress to look to, to have faith. And I have to tell you, it's not that I think that absurd attack meant any difference to my children or to the people that are watching. It makes a difference to our process. A New York appeals court has denied a recent request for a delay when it comes to the civil fraud trial against Donald Trump. The appeals court out of Manhattan was petitioned in this case just days after the lower court judge, Judge Ngoron, made a summary judgment that Trump and his company overvalued their assets and net worth while seeking loans and insurance. Trump's lawyers asked the appeals court to throw out the case entirely, claiming that it violated the statute of limitations. Judge Ngoron said that the Trump family was living in a fantasy world when it came to their property values. However, real estate experts have come out and reacted to the judge's ruling, saying the judge's valuation is skewed and is off by hundreds of millions of dollars. The U.S. State Department held a briefing this week and revealed that 60,000 emails from within that department, as well as the Department of Commerce, were hacked by Chinese communist-linked cyber criminals. The emails were often related to the Indo-Pacific diplomatic relations and discussions going on. Information that was stolen involved staffers' travel schedule and diplomatic documents. 
The hack that was made within the Commerce Department involved the Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo. The State Department and Microsoft say that the hackers were able to get away with the data after they stole a token from a Microsoft engineer, which allowed them to access those accounts. A Silicon Valley financial technology company with Chinese-based investors is being accused of defrauding the U.S. taxpayers of $2 billion through the exploitation of the Paycheck Protection Program, which was created during the COVID-19 crisis. Wampley is the name of the company, and it was in court this week to battle the allegations against them. In the process, it came to light that some of the tax dollars that were received through the PPP to Wampley was also then passed on to one of the Chinese investors called Tencent. The Paycheck Protection Program was originally infused with $800 billion to provide loans to American businesses in order to ride out the COVID crisis. About 11 million loans were ultimately issued. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. Well, this is the third and final story to bring up at this point on the unavoidable topic and reality of AI in our world. Yesterday, the story I presented was about click workers to the tune of millions right now who have been hired to do the factory floor work, so to speak, of loading up the data sets within the AI software. And they do so by clicking on the correct images that the AI will need to ingest into its analysis so it does not confuse a palm tree from a pedestrian. The algorithms that are going to be employed in creating further analysis within the AI is not something the click workers are responsible for, of course. This is coming down from a much higher level. Obviously, it's the owner or main investor of the AI company who will determine the scope of purpose and values within this AI software, and then the computer programmers will proceed on from there. There's one interview that was done just recently, this September, by MIT Technology Review with a a particular person, Mustafa Suleiman, who's a British entrepreneur, and he's also the owner of a billion-dollar company called Inflection, which is all about AI. It would behoove us to look into the mind of someone behind the AI programs in order to get an understanding of how much or how little this is going to affect us in the future. I think we can all agree it's going to be a lot. Suleiman said in this interview right away that generative AI is just a phase and that it'll soon be all about interactive AI. And what he means by that is bots that can get things done, whether it's even making phone calls for someone. Suleiman was asked about his original stated goal when he entered the world of AI, which occurred about a decade ago. And he maintains that it's to do good in the world and move it forward in a healthy, satisfying way, according to his words. Suleiman is also proud of how his latest AI project, which is named Pi, has been programmed to be polite and not toxic or biased or racist. And Suleiman promised that Pi cannot be commanded to produce something that is racist, homophobic, sexist, or any kind of other toxic stuff. Nor can the AI be hijacked in a way to make something dangerous or help a person commit a crime. He insists that developing models now, compared to a few years ago, are extremely controllable in this area. And when he was prodded further in the interview about how he can be so confident in this programming being safe and not behaving unacceptably, Suleiman replied that it's simple, the software will contain the values that he's been thinking about for 20 years. 
So the confirmation there is no great surprise, but it is confirmation that we are once again moving into another phase where it's going to be a handful of tech experts who determine what is good, what is toxic, what is healthy, and what is biased. I'm sure that Suleiman made these statements in an effort to be reassuring that he was not out to do harm to those consumers who are concerned about this emerging technology. But in light of what we've seen in the past three years, are we really ready to move over to another group of tech experts who are determining the nature of these influences that are further expanding into our everyday life? And this is happening as we're listening to reports of lawsuits and congressional hearings that reveal the extent to which big tech and Silicon Valley gurus sought to influence the American public by completely controlling their intake on social media alone when it comes to the political and medical front. On top of all of that, we've also seen a lot of collusion when it comes to major institutions throughout the U.S. in controlling and maintaining a certain set of beliefs similar to what we saw with the social media and big tech. And then there comes AI into that, controlling different aspects of our daily routine and life. And I'm afraid we're in for a wild ride. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. Update.